submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the same. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit their to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make to make her holy, cleansing her hair by the washing with water through the word, and to the, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. <clears throat> for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on, on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when your eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve holy hearted as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slaves or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both your master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. Amen. Submit. We don't like that word. It makes us cringe and move around a little in our seats. But Paul says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. But we don't like the word submit because we base it on the world's understanding of submission. The world says submission is all about weakness. Succumbing to the power of another person. But as it is with all things of God, the things of the world are flipped upside down. We started our study of Ephesians looking at all that God has done for us through Christ. We're chosen. We're redeemed. We're adopted into his family. And we're made one body all through the blood of Christ. And that's been our focus it's about unity in Christ, because we're one body, having one faith, one spirit, one Savior, and one Father. 
Unity is really the mark of the church. It's our call in living out our faith in our relationship with others as well. God is concerned more with what we put into a relationship than what we take out of it. But the motto of the world is outplay, outwit, and outlast. It's survival of the fittest. And if you don't take from others, then according to the world, you lose. You come in last. But Jesus says the first will be last. And the last will be first. We never hear submit to one another outside of God's word. So what does it mean to submit by God's standards? Really, it comes from a Greek military word that means to come under. To come under voluntarily, not by force. It's a biblical concept of submission, but it's never about force. It's never about making somebody do something. It's just a voluntary attitude of giving in, of being willing to cooperate with another, or carrying a burden for another. Think of it this way. If we're to come up under someone else, we have the opportunity to lift them up. That's what submission is all about. The biblical idea of submission is just about raising up others. It's a display of relationships that are really walking in love. It's about looking out for others. Christian submission flows out of strength, not out of weakness. Because submission comes from a meekness. And meekness is really just power that's under control. Look at Jesus, the way he submitted. In John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5. They had just had the meal together. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. If you had that power, how would you use it? Most likely, you wouldn't be taking the lowliest jobs around town. You wouldn't be in the park scooping up dog poop or scraping bubble gum off of the sidewalks. But Christ, the author of life, the creator of the universe, the strongest person in the universe, submits. He kneels at his disciples' feet and washes them. Even Judas. And he knew Judas was about to betray him. He still bent down and washed his feet. And that's our model of what it looks like to submit. Jesus, being the very nature of God, he didn't consider equality with God to be something that he could use for his advantage. He made himself nothing. He took on the role of a servant. You know, we come from a place of strength, too. 
The first chapter of Ephesians, we learned that through Christ, we've received every spiritual blessing. That we're seated with him in the heavenly realms. We have the power of the Holy Spirit residing in us. What are we doing with it? We're supposed to be using it to submit to one another. Because we can't submit to one another on our own. But when we're filled with the Spirit, that's when we can do it. That's why Paul said in verse 20, when Debbie spoke last week, don't get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit so that you can speak to one another in psalms and in hymns, so that you can praise to your Lord together, and so that you can submit to one another. And this morning, in our reading, Paul gives us three relationships as examples of what it looks like to submit. And the first one, wives, submit to your husbands. I think that's probably the most politically incorrect statement ever. (laughs) In 2014, Candace Cameron Bure wrote a book. You know, she's the woman who played DJ Tanner on Full House years back. And she's very outspoken about her faith. And in this book, she talked about how her faith played a very integral part of how she just kept it all together as a mom, as an actress, as a wife. And it was interesting because I was reading the reviews of the book. And one, well, it wasn't just one. There were several people that said, well, this is a really useless book. Because all she does, she talks about Bible verses, she talks about her faith, but she never tells me how to do it. I think you missed the point. That was the point. It was her faith that got her through it. But one of the things that really caused a firestorm with her book was that she said the thing that made her marriage successful was that she submitted to her husband. Wow, you would have thought she was saying that her husband was beating her up and and torturing her in the basement. It caused such an outcry. You're sending us back hundreds and thousands of years with that statement. How could you? We're like cavemen and cavewomen now because you said that. She's, no, biblical submission to my husband. But see, I can understand that. outcry. I get it. I'm going to share a little secret with you. When I got married to my wonderful husband, we were not believers. I would not put obey in my in my vows. I I made sure when we sat with the uh, family pastor, minister, And he said, okay, here's what you're going to say. I said, oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) I said, we're taking that little word obey. That's not going to be in there. Well, okay, but it it needs to be in there. No, I am not saying that word. And so it's on video. I do not say that word. But, you know, God had a sense of humor even back then because also on video I didn't say obey, but I tripped up my words and I said honor twice. (laughs) And he never lets me forget it. 
But I get it. I, I understand the sentiment. I didn't understand what submitting to my husband was back then. Next year, we're talking about doing our, our 25th anniversary and, and redoing our vows as believers. But you'll bet that obey and submit will be in there because I know that Christ is the center of our marriage. And that's the key. That is the key. Because the world says that marriage is you do your part, you do your part. You come together every now and then, but no, you do your separate things. That's why our divorce rate is so high. Because submitting to one another requires love. Love requires sacrifice. And that's why Paul uses the relationship between Christ and the church to describe the love between a husband and a wife. What kind of love does Christ have for his church? It's a love that gives of self. It was a love that sought to protect. It was a love that was unselfish and sought the good of others. And it was a love that sacrificed. Do we have that kind of love? Not only in our marriages, but for one another. Do we have that kind of love that's seeking the best for others? At a loss to ourselves. See, Christ loved the church, loves the church, not as if it was his body, but because it is his body. There, you can't separate it. He's the head. There's a oneness that's present. We talked a few weeks ago about the importance of that head and body relationship. The body of Christ, the church, is an extension of Christ. In the same way that a husband and wife are united together, they're also extensions of one another. And it works because it's predicated on the fact that as believers, we're both submitting to the Lord. We submit first to him. When we submit to a higher authority, we're laying down our lives to him first. The one who loved us and died for us. The more a Christian couple yields to Christ, the more united they're going to be in all their decisions. And that's how it works. That's why God tells us not to be unequally yoked. If you're marrying an unbeliever, then you're constantly off balance. There's no way to come together. Now, although women are called to submit to their husbands, men are called to an even greater standard. They're called to love their wives as Jesus loved the church. Now, Jesus died for the church. Even while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. So husbands can't say, well, she's not doing her part. Oh, you know what? The Bible says, doesn't matter if she's doing her part. You're to love her anyway. Doesn't matter. And then Paul finishes up. He says, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Love and respect. Now, relationship experts have agreed for years. The number one thing that a woman wants out of a relationship is to feel loved. Go figure. It's almost like the word of God is true. 
I heard a funny story a couple weeks ago. It was an older couple. And the wife was, they were sitting in their lazy boy chairs in front of the TV watching Wheel of Fortune or something. And, and the older woman says, Honey, do you love me? And he looks over at her. He says, Woman, over 30 years ago we got married and I told you I loved you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. Guys, your wives need to hear it. And not just hear it, they need to see it. They need to see it in your actions. Love is patient. It's kind and forgiving. And it's not proud. It's not self-seeking. It protects. And it hopes. And it perseveres. And sometimes love is just doing the dishes. Or making breakfast. It speaks volumes. Now wives, those same relationship experts I mentioned earlier, state that the number one thing that a man wants most in a relationship is respect. It's about letting your husband know you trust him. It's letting him know that you appreciate all that he does. It's about pointing out the good that he does and not focusing on his faults. It's about building him up and not tearing him down. See, this concept of submission, especially in marriage, isn't about superiority or power over another person. It's about oneness. It's a reflection of Christ's relationship with the church. It's about focusing on the gifts that he's given each of us and how we pull them together for his glory. And then Paul moves into this parent-child relationship. And kids, no matter what your age, little or adult, it's our responsibility to honor our parents. But submission's a two-way street. Even though children are commanded to obey their parents, parents, we need to submit to our kids as well. We submit to them and their well-being when we provide housing for them, clothing for them, food for them, and take care of them. We're submitting to their needs. We sacrifice for our kids and we build them up and set them on on godly foundations. But Paul says, don't exasperate your children. There's a fine line between building them up and giving them a solid foundation and knowing when you're, you're going too far. If we're going to pick at our kids too harshly, then that's how they're going to view their Heavenly Father. If we give them too much freedom, no discipline, then that's how they're going to view their Father. I had a, an experience this week with Isabel. I asked her permission to share this. One of my biggest pet peeves with my children is them not saying or having, making them say please and thank you. It doesn't matter that my oldest is 24. If I am out with them and someone asks them a question and they just say, yep, and I can't help it, that inner mom says, please. And Isabel and I were at Starbucks this week and the person at the register said, oh, well, would you like a bag for that and she goes yep and I said please 
And she looked over at me, and then I knew. I said, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. And so we, I said, you want to sit down? No, I'm just going to dance. So she just went her way. Usually we sit down and we chat a little bit. But it was a message. You know, we have to know that line. You know, she's 16 now. I need to keep my mouth shut. She should know better. If she doesn't know better, then that's on her, not me. But I have to know, you know, my kids, you train them up, and then you just let them do their thing and let the world take care of the rest. But that's a, that's, that's a careful line. It's a healthy balance. That's what it's about. Because when, as parents, when we're filled with the Spirit and we submit to the purpose of our families... That's when we make disciples at home first. And that's what it's about. We teach our kids the way of the Lord so that when they grow up, they'll be committed followers of Christ. The last relationship Paul gives us is in work. Slaves and masters. Slaves, obey your masters, but masters don't forget who your master is. As an employee, all that we should doing is done unto the Lord no matter how our boss treats us when we do our best for the Lord we're lifting up our employer not just for their sake for the Lord's sake but they will get the blessing as well because God is glorified bosses you have a master too your master has shown you goodwill and likewise you need to do the same When an employer treats employees with dignity and with fairness, that's when they're lifted up. That's when they're valued and encouraged. That's really our highest purpose. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. I'm going to boast on my husband here for a minute. See, I can submit. I can do it. As a surgeon in the hospital, he is, there's the potential for him to lord that around, to use that power inappropriately. And there are people that do. But if I ever go into his doctor's office, if I ever, we run into his patients all the time at Publix or Walmart or, and they can't help talking about how wonderful he is. The nurses want to be in his OR because he doesn't yell. All the other doctors yell. He doesn't yell at them. The nurses like to have his patients on the floor because he doesn't just tell the nurses what to do. He'll go and do it himself sometimes. If a patient needs, oh, I need ice chips, he'll say, I'll go get them for you. He had one patient family that they were talking about a food they really liked. He left there, went down five floors to the cafeteria, got them this piece of of cake that they really enjoyed, and he brought it up to them. And to this day, they they don't forget it. That's submitting. That's recognizing who you are before a holy Lord. And 
coming under others and lifting them up so that they can look up and see our Father. Christianity is all about submission. It's wives submitting to husbands. It's children submitting to their parents, slaves to their masters. But all of us to our Lord. Paul is pointing us back to Christ's relationship with the church as a model for all our relationships. But we have to grasp how Christ views the church. We understand that he loves the church, and we can say that he died for the church. But there's a depth in his relationship to the church. If we want to call ourselves Christians, that means that we're not our own anymore. We were bought with a price. We're members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. And we belong entirely to him. We're not just in unity with Christ. He is our very identity. Since the beginning of Ephesians, Paul has reminded the people in Ephesus, we're one with him. We are buried with him in baptism. We were raised with him. We were crucified with him on the cross. We've gone up to heaven with him because he's raised us together to be seated with him. So that we could behold his glory. We are one with him. And then Paul's telling the Ephesians, he says, if you believe this, if you truly believe it, then act like it. Live it out. Submit to one another. Because if we're one with Christ, we enjoy above all things his love. But his love is not given to us to keep for us. His love is given to us to give out. In the kingdom, it's our willingness to submit to others that makes relationships work. If we want to be all that God calls us to be, we have to look first to our model of submission. And we have to learn to set aside our differences and our preferences and have hearts that are willing to submit first to God and then to one another. Because when we're filled with the Spirit, our relationships are characterized by that mutual respect and mutual love. That's when we'll be a submissive church. One that worships, loves, and serves together. And we'll be an impactful church because we're seeking to build people up, not tear them down. We're helping to help them be all that God wants them to be. And that's when we can be a place of hope for the hopeless. A place of healing for the broken. A place where the lost get found. And will be a sanctuary for the world's refugees. Hey, come see us. We'll show you your father. Holy Father, 
Holy, Holy Father. Thank you for your word. I thank you for our time together. I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for Jesus. As we leave this place, may we carry your love. Those that cross our path today and tomorrow and the rest of the week, Father, may, may we shine your light. May we share your love. May we show them that all that you are. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.